thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. Thoughts, thoughts. They're like trains. They take you down a path on a journey. A person wouldn't think of getting on a train at a train station without first knowing where it's going. Just, oh, there's a train, let's just get on. Well, where is it headed? And yet, many people get on a train of thought every day without asking themselves, where is this train taking me? And then we end up in places we never intended to go. And some of us end up with stories God never intended for you to have, but they're your story now, simply because you got on the wrong train. Say this with me, get on the right train. Now tell me that, tell me. Now tell the person behind you. That's fun, isn't it? We hadn't done that before. It's easy to do this. No, turn around. Hey, hey, because you're going to want to pass, you're going to be doing this all during the sermon anyway, like passing the buck to the guy behind you anyway. Okay, y'all not getting with me. Just stay with me. Say, get on the right train. Before Janet started this journey 13 years ago, this second round of fighting cancer, we got the privilege of traveling quite a bit in ministry and, and got to see some places and enjoyed a few things. And we've been to Europe several times and one of the best ways to travel, in my recommendation in Europe, is by train. And we did that numerous times. First of all, I don't know how to drive on the other side of the road. You gotta be real careful. Your reflexes are different and it, your instincts are different. And so just getting on a train, you get to the countryside, big windows, you got friends, you sit at the table if you want and you, know, you can see the Swiss Alps and you can see, it's, just, it's gorgeous and it's just fun until you get on the wrong train. And we were staying at a nice hotel, some dear friends of ours were with us, there's four of us, and we had our tickets, and we bought tickets for assigned seats and, and you know, kind of a private little car. The train has a little hallway down the side, and you step into your car, whatever, but had it all set up, and this concierge said, oh yes, your train leaves at this time, you can walk down to the station, it's right down there, and, uh, and this is the train number you wanna get on, this is all the concierge of the hotel, we were just confirming, because you know, it's all written in different languages, and we got on a train, and it was not our train. But once you hear that, and those train cars start locking up, and you got, you know, I tried to tell our wives, look, we're on a train, just like go light. Take two pair of jeans and all black, and it's easy. You can get by for two weeks. But no, but what about my shoes? I'm like, two pair of tennis shoes. Let one air out, wear the other one. But no. So we can't get off and we end up on this train and it's a, it's a come as you are, get on the train, just first come, first serve, find a seat, no AC, and here we go. <laughs> and, and we didn't have a place to put our luggage that was safe, so we ended up, and we had luggage. So I stood at the door of the train for four and a half hours 
on guard for our luggage, couldn't even go sit down. They were sitting in a car with no AC, and I'm standing out here sitting on suitcases like, don't mess with my suitcases, this is my wife's shoes. <laughs> we ended up getting where we were supposed to go, but it's not quite how we thought we were gonna get there. Ever happened to you in life? Say it with me, get on the right train. Pastor Nathan's been speaking on winning the war in our mind. And the truth is that we get where, wherever we go in life on trains of thought. Thoughts make us glad or sad. Thoughts stress us out or calm us down. So the Bible clearly teaches us to set goals for your thoughts, set goals. Paul said it this way, fix your thoughts on the right things. Set a goal, you gotta decide, you gotta fix your thought. I've met people who have great hearts, but I've also found that a person can have, have it right in their heart and have it wrong in their head. Right in your heart, wrong in your head. In other words, a person can have the best intentions heart and make the worst decisions and mistakes head and I want you to understand that no amount of faith will compensate for wrong thinking and a bad choice let me say that again you need to know that no amount of faith will compensate you may you may turn around after you've made a bad decision and God will be with you, that's faith. But the decision you made has consequences. And the thoughts you think leads you somewhere and if you ride it all the way to the end of the line, you might end up in a place you didn't wanna be. And so faith won't stop the consequences of those decisions and those choices. So setting goals for my thoughts is important in two areas. I hope you're taking notes. First of all, we have to set goals in our concepts. There, there's different ways of thinking. So, so you have concepts. Concepts means thinking right about things. Thinking right about things. And, and then we have a focus. So we have concepts that's thinking right about things. Then we have a focus, which is thinking about the right things. So, so what are my concepts? In other words, am I, am I thinking right about things? Concepts are things like commitment or integrity or honor or character, generosity, monogamous relationships, keeping my word, and so on. These are concepts. So am I thinking right about things? Is, is this the lens because that I look through? Because these concepts are essential to a successful life. You gotta have some basic characteristics and character about you that helps you think right about things. Why? Because they lead you to a successful life. And then there's my focus, like, like am I thinking about the right things? I gotta think right about things, and then am I thinking about the right things? Because we're a product of our thoughts. Say, so get on the right train. 
So on any given day, we could all choose to focus on something that could cause us to be discouraged, depressed, moody, or by choosing to focus on right things, Paul says it this way. He said, whatever things are true and noble and right and pure, he said, think on these things. You gotta focus, you gotta, you gotta take your thoughts and you gotta put them on a train and you gotta focus on that. By, by choosing to focus on these things, then we create a better and more encouraging life for ourselves and for everybody around us. Rather than letting our mind run amok on any train of thought, we fix our thoughts. We develop the right kind of concepts, which is thinking right about the right things, and then we have, we have these focus, which is thinking, thinking right, getting our mind, and, and let me explain it this way. There's many distractions that can get our attention and turn our thoughts to focus on them every day. Now, while there are certain things we, we must focus on, like family and health and marriage and job and our time with God, there are also things that we worry about things that we fret over, things that we listen to, like social media and TV. These are trains of thought, and we must learn to focus our thoughts and our attention on the right things, like, like our hope, like our salvation, like the promises God has given to us, like our friends that really matter, that we know really care about us, like time with family and kids and grandkids. You've got to, you've got to focus your thoughts and not let these, this barrage of, of distractions try to capture your attention and some of us are more focused than others. Let me say it this way. When I was a small boy, and even before school, but then especially when I got into elementary school, I was always told by my parents to sit down, be still, be quiet, a few other words there, be quiet, mind your own business. And then when I didn't do that, they paddled my butt and told me the same thing all over again. And I got paddled like all the time. Like not with paddles, like with whatever. I asked somebody one time, I said, man, you ever been spanked with a water hose? They said, I don't remember. I'm like, oh, no. If you had, you would remember. Well, your parents beat you. Thank you, God. They... <laughs> It's, it's, uh, it's kind of in the Bible, everybody. Well, we don't raise our kids that way. Good for you. I had to have a beating. <laughs> I'm so glad I learned the consequences of my busyness so I could learn to discipline myself. Now, you may not have had that problem. They didn't have medicine, and I'm not saying you should give medicine, and I all this, but we didn't know what ADD was. It was just like, sit down, shut up, be quiet, whop. Now, go do it, sit down, shut up, whop. In second grade, 
my name to fame, claim to fame. In second grade, I was in the portables and you know, the main building and the principal's office. You gotta go out and down the sidewalk, out through the back, into the office to get paddled. I wish they'd bring that back. Some of you need to quit voting to not paddle your kids. If teachers had some authority and some God. Anyway, I was in second. <laughs> all right, so well, I don't think they should do that. Well, good for you. That's all right. But for me, I got paddled so much in the second grade that she finally got permission to, to paddle me outside the door of the classroom so she could get out there, wop, wop, put me back in and sit down. Man, I done lost the sermon now. Everybody's like, oh my gosh. Hey, and I'm the oldest of four. Dad had to use me as an example. I'm like, thanks. We'll stay off that, but. Everybody say focus. If you're going to live a prosperous, and I don't mean just money, I mean a healthy, fulfilled life, you have to learn to develop the right concepts in your life that are gonna be the guides and the lanes that you run in, that you live in. You gotta develop those concepts, character and honor and dignity and, and, and <laughs> uh, so you, you gotta know who you are and then you gotta, every day, not just let your mind go wherever, you gotta focus it. Now I've had to learn to do that. I have notes up here today because my mind will go, I already ran off on some stories. I just wasted five minutes telling you a story because I got off my notes. I gotta write them down and stick with them or I would be here all day. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs. As a man thinks, read the rest of it. As a man thinks, so nothing changes until we change the way we think. Nothing changes until we change the way we think. My dad recently passed away, October 5th. Grief is normal. Talked to my mom 30 minutes yesterday. How you doing? Loving on her. She's living alone now. Just having, I mean, 65 years of marriage. It's a big adjustment. And, and, and grief is normal. You, you, grief is needed. And, but I miss him. And I was like, hey, I need, I, I need to call. Da Can't call him. But I have a choice, and that choice is, how long will I stay in my grief? Now, for some, it might be longer than others, and that's totally perfect. There's stages of grief, like six or seven. And you need to study those, especially if you've never faced grief, if you're thrown into a situation where your mind is going crazy. You need to understand grief. There's a whole message on that. You can study and figure out, okay, well, this is where I'm at. Now I know, so now I can focus my thoughts and I can live by, my, by the character God's put in my life, by the, the values and the priorities. And so you begin to work your way through it. But here's what David said about that. He said in Psalm 42, why so downcast, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? He's talking about his soul, which is his mind, his will, and emotions. He's talking about his heart, his inner man. And David had, he had to have a conversation with himself as to what I will allow myself to think about. And then he says to himself, put your hope in God. Yet will I praise you, O God. You're my Savior and my Lord. There comes a time, and I've lived this out with my journey with Janet, and the news we got right now is not so good, and she's not been here a few weeks. She's not feeling good. She was here last Sunday, and boy, they start singing that old Pentecostal song at the end of the service. If y'all were here, like, I went to the enemy's camp. She's sitting right there, and boy, she hopped up like this. I'm like, man, your wig's gonna fall off. Be careful. 
I thought she'd go take off around the church, you know. But I was so thrilled because she's, but you gotta choose what you're gonna think about is what I'm saying. We, we've, we've went through battles just like many of you. There's some of you. I mean, everybody's got a story and you gotta, you've got things you have fought. And what I'm trying to tell you is you gotta sometimes say to yourself, why are you so downcast, soul? Put your hope in God. I know I'm grieving. I know it doesn't look good. I know we got some challenges. You know what? Our character and our integrity and our values and our priorities, they're going to help us walk this out with dignity and with honor and with discipline. And one of the things about my dad, I'm like, thank you, dad. I had to shift my thoughts like, man, I miss dad. But here's what I have to do now. I have to say, Dad, thank you for teaching me how to live a good life. Dad, thank you for teaching me how to manage money. Dad, thank you for showing me how to love my wife and loving mom for 65 years. God, Dad, thank you for being a good father, teaching me discipline and hard work. Dad, thank you for showing me how to die and go to heaven because you've led us through all. You've got to shift your thinking. You've got to get on the right train. Oh, y'all don't shout me down now. With Janet, it's been the same thing. On Tuesday afternoon, the doctor just wept as he said, well, I think we're going to try this chemo. You, you took it 25 years ago. Well, we kind of, our options are like this much now. We're done. So we're going to start that chemo all over again. And he starts crying. He's a doctor. They don't do that. And he, Janet's like, okay. And he said, man, I don't know why I'm all. And I love him, Dr. Jenkins. And he's been a friend. 26 years almost, he's been Janet's oncologist. And now I said, in fact, Janet said, well, Dr. Jenkins, you just, you, God's just making you look good. And, she, and he said, oh, he said, you make me look good. And he said, maybe we should be on a billboard together. I'm like, what are y'all doing? I'm the one married to her here. I know y'all just had your 25th anniversary, but you know. I mean, do you see the attitude? You got to something, you just got to shift things. I, I said there were tears running down my face. And, and we sing this song this morning. I had to get my composure. Like, Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand, but everything around me shaken. I've never been more glad. I put my faith in Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, and they didn't sing that by accident. I told Pastor Jared, we've got to sing it. Sing it before my sermon, sing it after my sermon. We're going to sing it again. And there's part of that verse that says, I still got joy in chaos. <laughs> Woo! So, so you mean you can smile? Well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> you know? I mean, and you've got journeys. I mean, people have lost loved ones, and there are people going through challenges right now. And I just want this thought from my heart today. As Pastor Nate led us into this winning the war in your mind, you got to take your mind back. That was his message last Sunday. Take back your anxious thoughts, and you got to redirect them. You got to read. So, so that's why David said, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my Lord. So you got to look up. You got to chin up. You got to get up. You got to say, what's up? You got you to gotta change all of Change your environment. Now, now I like, I, I'm an old Southern rock kind of music guy if I'm outside of church. I mean, Secular music, southern rock, 70s rock. I mean, like when they really played instruments. <laughs> That's a joke. Anyway, <laughs> we were coming over to San Antonio Saturday, uh, Friday, and ZZ Top came on. Somebody said, like, Z what? 
Well, <laughs> I said, Janet, that's three guys with beards to hear and they're not moving around at all. A drum, a bass. I said, that's real music right there. Anyway, where was it at? Okay. ADD, I told you, you gotta stay. It's not in here. My notes, <laughs> what was my note? My note says, you gotta set your own mood. That's my point. So I have to choose to set my own mood. So when I'm working out or I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just, just, just had energy, I'll, I'll crank up some old Southern rock. Now the problem with some of this country rock, I love country rock, but the problem with some of, the, some of these songs, and I'm a, I'm a drummer, y'all don't know that, but I'm an old frustrated drummer, loved, you saw me, I did loved, I did that when I was a kid, played in church, all that stuff, God bless these drummers, I can't keep up with them, but I had a lot of fun, it was, a, it was my frustration vent, you know, like, boom, boom, anyway, back to my notes, you gotta set your mood, everybody say set your mood, so get on the right train. So the problem with some of the Southern rock or these country songs is they leave you depressed because she ain't there no more. They don't have their trailer, they don't have their dog, they don't have their truck, they ain't got nothing. <laughs> is it right? Are you with me? And I'm like, no, I love, <laughs> I don't wanna start naming some Singers, because they may have songs I don't know they have, and you may think I like those songs, and then I'd be messed up. But, but so some of them, I, I, don't, I have to be careful. But then this morning, and our assistant Emily, she'll tell you, I pulled up here behind the church, and I opened the door, she goes, whoa, she's at the church, I'm in the parking lot. She goes, whoa, you're jamming. I'm like, firm foundation is rocking. It's, it's a lie. That little navigator, I mean, it's just me in there, and Janet doesn't like it as loud, but I, I'm like, just me and you, Jesus. Woo. So it ended, it ended about halfway here. I started it over again. Why? Because you gotta set your mood. You gotta choose your thoughts. You gotta get on the right train. Nothing changes until you change the way you think. And what we think, what we think affects our future. It affects how big God will be in that future. It determines who we are, why we do the things we do. It's much easier to change what we say without changing who we are. Let me say it this way, you can change your actions for a while, but if your thinking stays the same, your voice will eventually give you away. When Jacob tried to deceive his father, Isaac, by pretending to be his brother Esau, Isaac said to Jacob, it's the voice of Jacob, but it's the hands of Esau. And people can often put on behavior to be well thought of by others, but make no adjustments in the way they think and the result is they can be the person they want to be temporarily but not permanently because nothing changes until you change the way you think. For example, you can attend church on the weekend and be moved. It can be a presence. Man, we've had some, last Sunday was amazing. Today, powerful. Move of God, presence of God. God's in this room today. You're feeling it. You say, what is it? That's the presence of God. You can be moved. You can have a special experience with God, but a month later, be right back in the same routine, doing the same things and dealing with the same issues as before. Why? Because you have not changed your thinking. Therefore, you haven't changed who you really are. 
So let me teach you a little bit. Stephen Covey, the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he describes what's called the blurred line between personality ethics and character ethics. Personality ethics, character ethics. You can look them up. The point he makes is while we may develop personality ethics like gestures, smiles, learn behaviors, being courteous, we should never assume we should never assume that those skills are the same as character ethics, like principle-guided beliefs. Everybody say principle-guided beliefs. So, so think, think of an iceberg in your mind. Our personalities are, are what's above water. In other words, it's what people see, right? Which include uh, what we say and do, how we dress, how we present ourselves, how, how we interact with people. And to some extent, these personalities are shallow. That could be a bit of an act that is disconnected from our core selves. And then there's our character, which is what's below the water. This is, this is the part that, of us that's made up of our principles and our belief systems and our motivations, it's our core. It comprises traits such as integrity and vitality and courage and compassion and responsibility and discipline and justice. It's all a part of who we are. So our personal values are reflections of our true beliefs and very much shape our character. And so you've got, you got these personality ethics and then you've got these, you've got these character ethics. And that's the difference between having a life built on sand and having a life built on the rock. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. He did not say things wouldn't shake. He did not say things wouldn't rattle. He did not say that disappointment, grief, heartache, confusion would not come your way. He did not say that. He said, but if you are built on the rock, then what's above water, what seems shallow, that's not gonna keep you, but what's down deep, where you're rooted, what you're standing on, the thoughts you've chosen to build your life on, the principles, the ethics, the morals. So Jesus said it this way. He said, every one of us Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the, the rain came, <clears throat> winds blew, my house was built on you. We just sank it because it's foundations on the rock. But everybody who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is a fool. who built his house on sand. Rain came, winds blew, my house ain't built on you. And great was the fall of it. And great was the fall of it. Chaos, calamity, brokenness, emptiness. Oh my gosh, it's just, it's just chaos. So principle-guided beliefs never change. They are the rock-solid part of our life, regardless of my mood, 
or my attitude or my circumstances, they remain. So I can have a mood swing, but I don't stay out there. I bring it back. And like, <laughs> wow, that emotion. That's you can't live on your feelings, everybody. Well, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Feelings, there's a whole message in the feelings part. And I've had my feelings. So sometimes I'm in that song and she's, he's lost her and she's not coming back. And, and, and I listened to a song the other day. Here, I'm, I'm ADD, stay with me. Um, <laughs> I, found an, I found an old album. It was a whole download. I downloaded the whole thing. Uh, Michael Bolton. Remember when he had hair out to here? He couldn't even walk in a door. Like, couldn't even go through the door, and then he came back around. Michael Bolton. But what a voice, right? Whoa. Now he's got shorter hair than me, and he's old and like me, and, and can still sing, like, raspy, high. And he sang a song. I, I listened to it. In fact, uh, Layla and Lana were with me. We were playing this music and just in the car. We were on our little trip a few days ago up in the mountains, and Layla and Lana, our granddaughters, we were riding. We went to town and getting coffee and shopping a little bit, coming back. And I'm playing Michael Bolton. I said, girls, listen to this song. I learned something. I used to think this song was a bad song, but really it's not a bad song. It's a good song. He said, I said I loved you, but I lied. Sounds a little different than that, but. I said, I loved you, but I lied. I thought he was like, man, he was like forsaken. But really what he was saying was, I thought I loved you when I said I loved you in the beginning, but I really lied because I didn't know what love was. And now we've been on this journey all these years and we're way down here and I'm looking back and said, well, I said I loved you, but I lied because I didn't know the feeling could be like this. You with me? And then I had to cry in the car, Layla and Lana. I'm like, that's me and Janet. Man, I said I loved you. But when I said for better, for worse, richer or poorer, in sickness and in hell, I didn't know. You know, these kids get married. They stand up there and they say, yeah. And they're all worried about the flowers and their dress look right. I'm like, forget all of that junk. What, do you know what's ahead of you? You're about to move in with somebody who don't use toothpaste like you. I said, I loved you, but I lied. Didn't know this feeling. Well, it's, it's a moody song, right? Now, I loved it because I went home, man, I kissed all over again. I loved her, rubbing her head and kissing her. And I love you because that's the way I feel. And now I'm like, man, I, I could have been enjoying that song all this time. And I thought it was like, I, I said I loved you, but I lied to you. But now, it's, but that's not what it, anyway. Where am I going with that thought? Feelings. And feelings are okay. You better have some feelings toward that woman that you're married to. <laughs> well, it's, it's sad when you're in a society, you got to back everything up. Like, oh, hey, let me clarify. One woman. I, I asked one time, how many of y'all been married? Anybody been married? 45 years. People raised their hand. I looked at a guy. I'm like, I know they ain't been married, but like five years. And I said, and then I realized, I said, no, to the same person. Pastor Nate, I'm sorry. I'll get back over here in my thoughts. Principle-guided beliefs never change. They're rock solid. So the, 
no matter the moods you find yourself in, you gotta reel your thoughts in and you gotta choose the path. You gotta fix your thoughts. You gotta set goals. Thinking new thoughts can be an unsettling experience because it literally changes who we are. And some people are connected by the common tendency to make bad assumptions. And so they build their relationships discussing what they assume is going to happen in the neighborhood, the church, the nation. And as soon as these people decide to get, you know, stop assuming and the, the worst and they begin to think better thoughts and, and they, 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 they bring their thoughts, they fix their thoughts on the right things, they jeopardize some of their friendships. Because people, some people don't know how to have a conversation unless they can tell you what's worse with them than was with you. Well, your back was bad, but my back is even worse than your back than the back of the other person's back because my back is really bad from the back that, that everybody's got a worse problem. Emotions and feelings are not faith. Faith is based on truth. Too often people equate emotional highs with great faith. But as soon as the emotions change and lower, their level of faith disappears. But if our faith is built on truth and on wisdom and on principles, it always remains the same even when I don't feel it. I said even when I don't feel it. It's not built on sand. If our faith and our walk with God is emotionally driven, it's going to vacillate by how we feel. Sand. But if our faith is built on wisdom and truth and principles built on rock, it will be solid and unmoving regardless of what comes our way because our thoughts are so powerful that they impact our lives in many ways. Gosh, there's so much to say. When you upgrade your thinking, you upgrade your life. So Romans 12 says, don't conform to the world around us. Transform, renew your mind. So well, I can't do that. No, you can't. He wouldn't have told you to do that if you couldn't do that. And if you gotta get with the right people, get with the right people. Stop hanging out with some of those losers. Pastor, that's strong. Well, if they're pulling you down, you need to get with some people that lift your thinking. What if I'm married to him? Turn on the right music. Start praying. Don't sit, now now that doesn't mean at the table when you're praying for prayer. Lord, I thank you. Talk to this husband of mine, Jesus. that, That won't work. Don't hide his razor and But you set the mood. You change the environment. You gather your thoughts. You fix them. You're going to win the war in your mind. It's not going to stop the onslaught of negativity and the barrage of junk coming at us. But boy, we get in the Word of God. We read the Word. We preach the Word. We sing the Word. We get the right music playing. Christ is my firm foundation. It's a declaration. The rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus
won't fail. He won't fail. He won't he fail. Won't I'd like you to do, those of you who are facing some, some junk in your mind right now, listen to me, give me a little volume here, make sure, all right, you got, you got this war going on, chaos and confusion, now you say, well, I put myself there, I made choices and I, here I am, God's here to save you, he's here to redeem you, he's here to take your old paths and give you new ones, he can take an old heart and put a new heart in. You can be born again, the Bible says, reborn, a new person. So maybe you found yourself down a road and you're like, man, I just don't know how to get back. God will help you get back. Small groups will help you get back. Right people in your life will help you get back. The Word of God, faith, disciplines, it'll help you get back. God's not going to waste any part of your life. Did you hear me? You just might have to close one chapter and start a new one. And some chapters might end like rather quickly, like I don't know what really happened because we didn't finish it because that chapter closed and a new day dawned. And now I'm in a new chapter and God is with me and I'm gonna harness my thoughts. I'm gonna build my house on the rock. So if that's you today, as a churchgoer, Christian, maybe you've been following God a long time and Pastor Nate's been praying for us. And we've been praying in our 21 days of prayer and fasting for people's minds and hearts and so many things. If that's you today, say, I need God to heal my mind and I need God to help me get my, would you just put your, get my thoughts together. Would you just put your hand on yourself right here? Lord, help me. I'm putting my hand right here because it's a, listen, it's a, it's a regular ongoing challenge. <laughs> And so maybe you need to turn that radio channel off and turn on a new radio channel. Maybe you need to read a few scriptures, you know, before you start your day. Maybe you need to talk to the right person. Who, are, are you here? Everybody right here? Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we surrender our thoughts to you. And we ask you, Jesus, to help us turn our thoughts toward you, to fix our thoughts. Say it with me. Fix my thoughts. Lord, help me fix my thoughts on you, fix my thoughts on you, to discipline them, to make sure I have the character qualities in my life, that I'm developing character qualities of consistency and discipline and integrity and, and hope and honor and joy. I'm developing this in my life so that when storms come, I'm standing on you. My, my life is built on you. My life is built on the rock. And when the storms come and the rains fall, I'm not going to walk away or be overthrown. I'm going to stand. Father, I pray for people right now cast our cares on you lay our thoughts at your feet heal us heal my mind why so downcast oh my soul I will praise the Lord that's what you need to do just start looking at God Stop telling God about your problems and start telling your problems about your God. Just start looking at God. Say, God, I love you. This is going on, and I need you to help me. This is happening, and I need you to help me. I don't know what to do about this. Send me to the right person. Let me talk to the right person in my small group. Let me have the right people in my life. That takes time. you got to start building that right now so your life can be built 
on Jesus. Now here's what I'd like to do. Real quiet in the building. Nobody moving, please. Every head bowed just for a moment. Just in a reverence moment. Like, if you've never invited Jesus to be your leader, to take charge of your life, could I lead you in that prayer right now? Did you know we're born in sin and if we don't accept Jesus, we're not going to heaven? And that's the bottom line. And I'm not here trying to be mean or cut you out of God's will. God has a plan for you. And he's like, but if you accept Jesus, he died on the cross. Here's why. Sin is in our nature. We inherited from Adam. And except we receive Jesus' death on the cross, his human sacrifice, unless we accept his death for us. If we don't accept his death for us, our sin is not paid for. But Jesus already paid for it. So to me, it's like, thank you, Jesus. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I accept what you did when you died for me. And I believe you rose again and you said in heaven, and I'm going to see you someday. That's the prayer we're about to pray together. And if that's you watching from around the world, wherever you are, right here in BCS, right here in this room, you wonderful, wonderful church people in this room, whatever brought you here today, you've got to leave knowing you're ready to go to heaven. Don't let us walk away from this moment. And I'm going to lead us in a short prayer. And I'd like to know if that's you. Now, I got your head bowed on purpose. I hope you're meditating. hope you're thinking. And if you're a church believer today, I hope you're praying for the people on the rows around you, people that don't know Jesus. Be doing that right now. Let them hear you. God, help them. Help them make that decision. Help them choose you. We want to choose heaven. Forgive us of our sin, Jesus. You should be praying at this moment, nothing else. But if that's you and you say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven. I want to receive Jesus as Lord of my life and Savior of my life. I accept him today. Would you lead me in that prayer? Just raise your hand right where you're at. Lift it up. Lift it up. I want to know who I'm. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hands are going. Just lift your hand. It's, this is your decision. It's a, it's a fantastic choice and decision. Lift it up. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Church, are you praying for people? Come on. Hands are going up. All around the room, just lift your hand. I want to go to heaven. I want to make sure I'm ready. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to hell. I accept Jesus. Anyone else? Right there where you're watching from, you can click, and somebody will pray with you. Somebody will send you something. We can talk to you. But in this room right now, anyone else? Anyone else? Hands high. All right, you can put those hands down. Let's all give these people a big round of applause. Can we do that? Come on. Come on. Look at me. Look at me. Now, come on. I mean, they raised their hand. They made a decision. I choose Jesus in my life. All right. Can you pray with me? Can we all pray together? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me on a cross and taking my sin. Forgive me of my past. Remove it from my life. And from this day forward, by your grace, I will serve you. I will follow you. I accept you as my Lord and leader. Thank you for saving me. Amen and amen.